Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Laurel's weekly market awareness update. Very happy to have you here on this Ask Laurel session brought to you live and internationally. If you're joining us via our Zoom room, our Facebook page, or any of our social platforms, want to be able to let you know you have the opportunity to ask your financial questions. Any and anything will be answered live from the millionaire maker herself. Uh, so very excited to be here with you all today. I've got some great questions. I also have some great things Laura wants to cover. So uh, Laura, I know you're under the gun a little bit today. I'll go ahead and let you take it away. Absolutely. So welcome, welcome again. This is our weekly market awareness uh, update. Uh, all these recordings are posted out on our Millionaires in Training Facebook page. A few announcements. Uh, we can put some links up. We have a brand new YouTube channel. Um, super excited. We're in a kind of a soft launch. It's been up now since a week ago, Monday. And uh, super excited about that. And uh, love your uh, input. Love Go subscribe. Tell your friends. And uh, looking forward to it. So there you go. There's our new YouTube uh, channel. Also, our podcast is getting a little makeover. So uh, a lot of our assets are jamming and moving along. Uh, remember those of you that have been watching and broadcasting with us on a regular basis, mark your calendar. July 29th and 30th is our next marketplace. I'm super excited about that just to help more and more people learn to make money. Those of you that have been graduates, again, Friday at three o'clock, the 30th, you get to join and uh, make some money. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, the continuation really that kind of inspired last week's, you know, launch, you know, Richard Branson lost his space. Um, that's now going to be an interesting business model to watch and uh, for C, um, I, I, I hear they kind of capped it, like 61,000 people paid quarter million dollars to go to space, uh, kind of like a little ride. It's an expensive ride. It makes Disneyland look cheap now. So, <laughs> look, Space Mountain looks cheap, you know, you go for one ride, it's my favorite ride. <laughs> I just made that up, I thought it was kind of funny. So, uh, uh, you know, out there we talk about, you know, uh, the brave and, you know, live forever but the cautious never live. And uh, how are you living uh, this week? Um, how many of you actually took some brave actions? Uh, love to hear about those. Uh, put those stories in those chats inside our millionaires in training. Um, this week kind of led on to also just um, living just more boldly, living more boldly, more courageous. And Diane Derby, who uh, actually, and I gotta grab it right here. This, uh, this little book here that you might know about, it's called Millionaire Maker, was dedicated to her. She passed, uh, after Logan's birth and uh, was just a very dear friend, taught me a lot of my teaching style, my adult learning theory style. And one of her sayings, which is really, really um, just strong, strong, is nothing is more you could really help them. And so let's put this in some context because I think, you know, number one, we're in July, we're halfway through the year. You're either getting your financial and business goals or you're not. And uh, some of you might be in what I call friends and family or just communities, but haven't really launched in any proper coaching and mentoring. 
But, you know, you look at your circles and who you're hanging out with. And those of you that are, are in our community, if you're in mastermind groups and you're watching, I'll give, I'm going to use a mastermind group as an example. You're watching someone not get a result that they really could get. Like they actually have a good business. They have a good product or service. Uh, but what they're doing, their behavior is causing no sales. Um, just whatever they're doing, like whatever, uh, I'm going to say mm, unique behavior they might be doing. And you notice it. But you don't want to hurt their feelings by giving them feedback. And uh, that's really the premise of uh, Diane's statement, which was nothing's more selfish than holding back that feedback that could serve somebody else's life. So as long as you are uh, giving feedback from a place of um, support, of, you know, caring about another person moving forward in their life even farther. Uh, and it's not a critic, you know, it's not like criticism and it's not judgment. It's like a, not a huge, you know, sword and a big strike. Um, just, you know, honest feedback. And it could sound something like what I've noticed is, you know, I've been together for a while. I've noticed this behavior. I've noticed this thing you do. I'm curious if it's causing you to get the result you're getting. Now, me as mentor coach, I come straight at you, right? Our relationship, our contracts, uh, give me full permission. That's different. Um, I'm talking about more peer-to-peer -peer relationships where you know you could serve another person, especially those of you that are in the big table in our mastermind groups. Um, give people honest feedback, right? It's really selfish to hold that back, especially if you know they could soar because of that feedback. So just notice that this week, notice in your behaviors where you're holding back, where the other you know, part of it is you just don't have the time, right? I just don't have time, I just don't have time, and you're using that uh, as an excuse or a process to, uh, to not, you know, move, move yourself, move other people forward. So, uh, Thomas, anything you want to kind of add to that conversation? I so I wanted to bring that up. I kind of inspired me out of you know bold and brave living uh, versus cautious living, and I think we're really and you know, let's just put a big you know umbrella over this. I mean, we're living in a very sensitive time of communication. I mean, people are scared to say what they you know want to say, what they used to say. Um, just because of the political, I'm mean, going to say it's the political environment, but it's a cultural environment. You can lay a lot of things on that. So we'll leave that there. Um, I'm talking more about results. So I want to keep this right in our talk track around being an entrepreneur, being a wealth builder, and are the actions that you're taking getting you what you want? Um, so say you're in a mastermind and someone keeps saying they want to make money, but they don't do any ask to ask. They don't come to the graduate marketplace. They don't even come to the marketplace. What are they doing to serve themselves to make money? At some point, you've got to get really candid and honest and uh, serve them by uh, giving them some candid feedback. Thomas, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the biggest thing we see at the Millionaire Maker Meetup and Marketplace is just that you have to have some mindset shifts before you can have success. And I think sometimes there's some negative connotation around that word selfish. And really, you have to be selfish in the sense of not only serving other people, uh, in terms of being able to say, hey, this is in your own best interest that I'm giving you this honest feedback, but also just being selfish in terms of why are you doing this, right? Why are you taking on the life of an entrepreneur? Uh, it's really to create your goals and get goals that are with you. And we talk so much about the why. Everything comes into place when you're in the positive connotation of the word selfish. Yeah. So I think mindset is really important and understanding the right use of that word as we do it here is important to see uh, how that works. Yep. And if it feels scary to give that feedback, um, that's why I, I, and again, I'll kind of repeat some of those language patterns. Um, 
know that's just your stuff and you just haven't been conditioned to do it. That's with a lot of stuff. I mean, we're asking you to do a lot of things to do money conditioning, money muscle conditioning, and you're just not comfortable with it. Well, giving somebody some honest feedback, sometimes you've never been really trained. So again, um, you know, so what I've noticed, right, if I was in that, you know, conversation with Thomas, you know, so what I've noticed over the last, you know, month or however long we've been working together, that this, this, and this is happening. You know, I'm just curious how that's really working for you, because what I notice is this is what's happening and you just got to go for it and believe it or not. Um, here's how the receiving party. They're actually thankful. Right. Think about receiving feedback. So let's just talk about the, the receiving side of feedback right now. So that's kind of the coming towards the feedback. Right. You use notice. You don't say you do. You're not like doing direct strikes. That's stuff I would do as a coach and mentor. Um, I'm talking peer to peer feedback and different different uh context for this conversation you'd use words like i've noticed i'm curious about how is that working think dr phil right how's that working for you um and then the thing that you notice don't sugarcoat it just directly say it offer say can i give you some feedback about that right so that's kind of the front facing now let's go to the other side you know there are people who give feedback that have no experience no intuition they're just blah 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 and it really comes from criticism so, you know, way back in the day when I did a lot of executive coaching, I said, you know, feedback comes in, you know, one of three ways. So feedback is just that. It's like interesting and interesting information. Thank you. I appreciate it. You don't need to negotiate it. You just move on because it didn't really stick. It wasn't, didn't seem relevant. It was just comments. Then there's the ones that strike that are like, ooh, that's the truth. Like, because you know it, right? And, um, Sometimes that feels great. And then the other side of the feedback is it kind of hurts a little bit. And so notice if uh, the other person gets defensive, you probably struck a nerve, right? Which means there's some honest, there's some truth to what you're saying. And it isn't about being right or wrong. So I'm gonna give some guidelines about it. This isn't about being right, them changing immediately. It's noticing, being curious, saying, I'm really wanting to help and serve your life. You've always said you wanted this goal. I noticed you're not getting it. From what I see, you, you know, consider this. So notice the language is softer, it's open. And the, I think the other part of it too is there may not be kind of a completion to it. It's just, you know, I wanted to say it, I feel better. Like I would feel, I would say the words, I'd feel selfish having this information and watching you and not giving it to you. And then you move on. So there's two sides of it. Um, if you're on the receiving side and it stings a little bit, you know it's the truth. I mean, stinging stuff is usually got a lot of truth telling in it. And then um, the other way of receiving really is just more curious, like, wow, I didn't even know I was doing that. And then there's the third kind, like I started with, which is like, that's interesting. No relevance doesn't really occur to me. Like you got to imagine I get criticized for being so direct and so intense and so wanting to fix you so fast. Um, you know, I just, that's interesting. But you know, this style has worked. Here's, here's why I think that's interesting. Um, we've just changed too many hundreds of thousands not thousands hundreds of thousands of lives by a very direct style so um that's a little bit on how to get feedback how to receive feedback and where in your life are you not paying attention to it as randy tate would always say how you do anything is how you do everything and uh we just want to move you along in your goals again we're here mid-july and you can keep you know talking to yourself and giving yourself interesting information or you can really you know use this month because this is really what i call your transitional month if you don't really get back on track 2021 is going to look like 2020 and you'll say yeah but COVID's not here yeah but you didn't do anything different so it's it's some serious stuff we're talking about um 
and uh, just encourage you to take it on, look at it, and be with it. Thomas, anything else before we go to some questions? No, I love everything you're talking about right now. I don't know we got a couple of questions that uh, we yeah. selected from asklaurel.com. Anytime you'd like to uh, have Laurel answer your financial questions, just go to asklaurel.com, fill it out, and the team will review them and uh, feed them for the event here. Also, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, any of our social platforms, you can ask the questions there well, too, and we'll try to get to it here. So, Laurel, if you're ready, we can go ahead and get some questions. Yeah, and if Perfect. you guys have questions out there, um, I see uh, some of our clients that are out there. Uh, ask away. And by the way, it doesn't have to be in the topic that we're having this conversation today. You can ask any question in the money conversation. So Thomas will lead off with a few and then uh, we'll uh, circle back around. Go ahead and put it in the chat. So Laura, if you're out of social, sorry. And then if you're out on social, Steve will add it through um, so we can see it over here for Thomas and I. So we'll start off a little bit in the area of current events. Uh, Dan K asked, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the markets have dropped significantly this week. How much does this worry you and how are you participating in these markets? So I am in these markets and I do have some inside uh, track to some of the market makers. So I knew this was going to happen. Um, I had a lot of inside track to that. And you say, well, that's insider trading. No, it's got being in the know. I mean, any of you that are out on um, you know, platforms where these conversations are happening, um, I think people knew that it was going to take a little bit of a dip. So right now, I wouldn't be scared. I'd be buying in. I mean, the lower this goes. And again, this is sort of your, your gambler psychology of, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting. Will it go lower? Should I wait to buy? Or, you know, just your own comparative. And here's what I have my answer to be. I look at your own comparative data. Like what, how much of your portfolio do you want in digital currency? Right? I would say like any other asset class, anything except real estate, more than 10%, you should do some really... Uh, Keen evaluation, not emotional evaluation. A lot of Gen Zs and millennials just because it's easy to get into digital currency. Um, in fact, I was doing a call last night with some of our university football players and uh, millennial, I'd say they're Gen Z. Are they Gen Zs? Let's just be clear. Are college kids right now Gen Zs? They're Gen Zs, yes. That's what I thought. So I don't know where the millennial divide is. I know where the baby boomer and Gen X is because I'm at the top end of the Gen X, um, but I don't know where the divides are on some of those ages yet. But the Gen Zs, they're just all into all sorts of different summer Ponzi schemes. Um, and it's just easy to get into. And I'm like, please go over to Flip, invest in, like put your money in a software that's a lot safer, um, but at least divide it. That was kind of my ending advice. At least divide it. Don't have it all in digital currency because you don't even know what you're doing out there. It's just sort of a sexy thing to do. Um, but with all of you, you look at your portfolios. Um, how much do you want in that, in that asset class? Um, I love investing in digital currencies through my Roth and do have some cash available. So as uh, we watch that trickle down, I think it'll trickle down a little bit more Then absolutely I'm gonna buy back in. So it's not panic at all. I mean, you'd only panic if you were, you know, if you bought way at the top and now you're at a huge loss, which I don't know, that's kind of odd common sense that people would be buying. What was the height of, uh, of Bitcoin? Wasn't it like 63? Uh, 64. 64. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'd be, you know, I, I don't know if you'd be panicked or concerned, but you'd be like, you know, damn, you know, you didn't time it right. So just be aware, be aware. And again, with any asset class, if you're going to get into it, which is why we love flip, at least I love flip because I'm an off wall street investor. So markets don't, you know, fluctuate overnight when you go to sleep, like my real estate markets don't, right? My cannabis markets don't. Um, I can promise you the black hole doesn't, right? There's just a long lead time to any of those things getting affected. Um, so in these kind of things, you know, get educated, lean in, learn. We're actually doing an amazing class. I don't know if you guys have the link handy dandy, but 
um, the actual algorithm designer, Kelly Corsick himself, who designed all our smart portfolios for Flip, is doing a digital currency class in the month of August. A ton of us are going to be doing it. I, I'm personally going to be doing it. I can't. I love learning from Kelly. And uh, we're inviting a lot of people to really learn about the asset class, understand it thoroughly. So when things happen and markets fluctuate, you actually have a plan instead of a reaction. Big difference. All right, next one. What's the next question? We're going to stay on the topic of assets because Paul had a question I think kind of tails into this. Obviously, with uh, you know, turmoil in the markets, whatever you want to call that, does help to have uh, liquidity. So Paul asks, how much cash is it wise to have in hand, as well as what's the wisest way to protect assets if you have cash in hand? If you have cash in hand, I mean, again, that's back to kind of your, your decision. How much cash do you want to keep? Like when I talk in hand, I'm talking outside of the bank. Um, and then there's obviously cash that's inside of your bank. A lot of our community is using Flip because it is uh, attached to a bank. I mean, we're, a lot of us are putting money in there. We have about 48 hours to get total liquidity, take it back out of the market and are using it like that. So if you do have a lot of cash, I mean, there are some, you know, what we would consider because it's software, safe places to put it. Um, as far as how much you keep in cash, that's a personal decision. Again, like any other money rule, how much do you want to keep? Um, you know, what I noticed just a trend is people that are a lot older keep a lot more than those that are younger. It's an interesting, and I don't think it's because the older folks have more. I think uh, they've lived through a lot more volatility of the economy and want the cash in hand. Like, like I'm talking literally in a bolted safe in their house. <laughs> I know a lot of them who also have gold there, have silver there, diamonds there, um, have a lot of uh, different assets there. Perfect. All right. And again, folks, if you have questions, go ahead. You can type them uh, live. We have one from the Zoom room right now. Alan asks, how do you open a self-directed Roth IRA? And would you recommend using it in a partnership where the other two partners won't invest that way? Uh, parentheses, direct capital from savings. Uh, you can't actually. So a Roth is an individual account. You can't partner to it. All right. Thomas can open his with his social security number. I can open mine. It is a statute of social security number. Um, so if you're not a legal U.S. citizen, you cannot get one. Um, Self-directing, absolutely. So we have uh, different groups that we work with. And yes, you could walk into, I just want to qualify, you can walk into like the Schwab and the Fidelity and the, the financial houses. They'll say they self-direct, but you can only buy things inside of their, uh, their product suite, right? You can only buy Schwab mutual funds and you, know, you can only buy from them. What we're talking about is a complete self-directed, which means you get to direct towards real estate, um, in fact, the land for cannabis, um, that uh, is my, my cannabis project's a land project to the investor. So they will even allow that self-directing. I have farmers who have bought cattle and horses with self-directed IRAs. So when we talk self-directing, we're talking a very wide asset class uh, choices because you're the one directing. So we do, have, uh, um, we do have options for that. So if you're interested in that, you can call our office and uh, we can have those conversations. We help our clients with those. We just don't give all of our expert team out freely because um, then it's just like, you know, one thing here, one thing here, and you don't have the integrated team, which is the integrated system that we um, subscribe to, uh, which is so critical. So yes, you can self-direct, um, you cannot partner. Um, the way you could partner is like, if I had you know 6,000 in my Roth and Thomas had 6,000 in his Roth and say, whoever asked the question, you have 6,000, we could all put our money inside of an LLC that could buy an asset, but that's as close to the partnership as you're gonna get. Like your money can't come to mine and vice versa. It doesn't work like that. There's really strict rules around that. 
So let's go ahead and pick. Let's go ahead and pick it up from that actual question. Then we had a uh, Barbara asked, "Is an LLC better than an S corp for a one or two person entity?" They're different. They're different. Um, Scott is our obviously our resident expert on that. Um, and here's how I would say. Here's my distinction. How I describe right? And this is not me giving advice, just telling you about, I see a lot of distinctions. Most S-Corps are used for operating companies, right? So operating companies for a product or service. Uh, LLCs are, are used for different product or services, but a lot of times you're going to put your assets inside. They're going to hold your real estate, your gas and oil, um, whatever asset uh, investments you hold them inside LLCs. You can run an operating company through an LLC. And a lot of times you think it's single member, you can tax it differently. Also, it could be owned by trust, which it could be a two member. So we have some pretty advanced strategies around not having it be a single member LLC. So it benefits you. So again, another reason to lean in and learn, not just stand out in the bleachers, asking some questions, hoping you get to put this band-aid your plan together. We know how to put these, you know, we know how to help guide you through those. Perfect. Right. Come more questions here. Uh, Jennifer asked, what's the fastest way to become an accredited investor? make money and a lot of it. So exactly, you need two years of making $200,000 um, or as a couple 350. So it's a make money conversation. In fact, we actually have, I don't, I think it's still out on our store. Um, Steve uh, did it with me last beginning of 2020. We actually put together a, how do you become accredited and why accreditation is so important. So we actually have a course um, and I can tell you the answer to the course. I mean, there's a lot of education inside of it, what, can, what you can do once you're accredited, how it works to become accredited, but the real answer and how to achieve that, that mark, which is the first mark to becoming a millionaire, is make money. Um, it is all about income to uh, get that accredited status. Okay, that's a good one. I like all the right. um, I just got this one across. How do you overcome uncertainty? Mm -hmm. I, that's an interesting one, and it kind of goes into our, you know, more of the I'd say a leadership, I'm not going to call it an emotional conversation we have about being brave or living cautiously or even being selfish and not giving feedback. I mean, to me, this is really a leadership conversation. So let's put a big broad word on what we're talking about. So uncertainty. So there's two things I would answer that. Number one, get more educated, right? Because again, I associate risk and risk feelings and people feeling, oh my gosh, that's really risky, is you just don't know. Right, a lot of the stuff we're gonna ask you to do feels risky because you don't know about it. It feels uncertain because you don't know. So get educated, number one. That'll alleviate a lot of that. And then the other one, which is what I have subscribed to my whole life, uh, everything I do, I have teammates. Um, there's only a few companies that I actually own by myself. I have partners everywhere um, because there's only one of me. People say, how do you get so much done? Teammates, a lot of teammates. And teammates also come in a variety of brains and experience. So by, by stacking a, a really great management team around a project, um, there shouldn't, I mean, you're going to alleviate enormous uncertainties. What we find is crazy making, which is why the organization that we've built, and I say, you know, I, it's not I, we've all contributed to it, right? Thomas has, Steve out, Andrew has, Zaman has, right? our whole organization for years and years has contributed to the development of what you see today. And why did we end up building it this way? Because teammates. Right. You, if you walk out there all by yourself and say, I'm going to be a solopreneur or do anything by yourself. Like I was talking to somebody the other day who wanted to do a, a total real estate transaction all by themselves and have never even bought their own home. First one all by themselves. They, You're absolutely out of your mind. Like I would never do that. First of all, if you screw it up, you got 100 percent of a problem. 
if you join a team, which is what I did, and that's really why I do it is I got taught that way, is I joined a team of five other people. And, you know, I only got, you know, at the beginning, I only got 10%. And then I earned my way into that 20%. They knew they, they carved it out for me, but I had to earn my way into that because I was just a little, you know, baby beginning. But I, you know, being on a team of really, really experienced people moved me through knowledge, um, you know, avoiding costly errors. Um, a lot of them have a lot of experience. Like, don't think I'm walking into this cannabis project solo. I mean, I, I don't know how to grow a plant. I mean, I used to be a farmer way back in the day, but I would say my dad was, I wasn't. So I don't, I don't know how to do it either. So I, I put one heck of a team around that project to make sure it's successful. So I'd say knowledge and team would be the two. And there's probably a lot more, but those are my immediate uh, reactions to it. So anytime you're feeling uncertain, for those of you in the community, pick up the phone and call somebody that actually has more experience than you. That's why, again, we designed the big table. We have a laser call this afternoon, four o'clock. You have masterminds, you have coaches. I mean, you got pretty much unlimited access to answering a question every day. We pick up our phone here every day at uh, our phone at Integrated Wealth. Molly's first on phones or it'll rotate. We actually are here together in an office. So, you know, we just, I feel like we've built an organization that leaves you excuseless. <laughs> you just can't have an excuse to say, well, I didn't know and I was uncertain. Then pick up the phone and ask. So that would be my answer. What about uh, any other questions? That was all we had from the asklaw.com site. But if you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, some of those other sites out there, maybe TikTok, you have questions, go ahead, put them into the chat box right now. If you're in the Zoom room, you can do the same thing uh, as well, too. Uh, we are here every week, Tuesday, 12 p.m. Pacific, answering your financial questions live and uncensored. Uh, you get the real deal when you're talking to Laurel about money. Uh, and so we love doing this and love having your questions. Absolutely. Um, so again, uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please share it with everyone you know. We are going to uh, take that to totally new heights. And again, through Ask Laurel, that is the vehicle you can ask questions. Go to asklaurel.com, put in your information, ask a question, make a request. And then we take that and we move it out to those videos that you see me, uh, you know, really educating you out on YouTube. And uh, you can also make a request, say, hey, you, do you know so-and-so and can you do an interview? We have some very cool interviews. I got some world-class internet marketers on my podcast coming up. Bob Proctor is going to be re-aired. Um, I've actually reached out to Jordan Belford to get a second interview, uh, you know, a little uh, later, see where he, what he's up to. He's always got amazing sales systems. So um, stay tuned. We have a lot of assets and a lot of platforms that you can uh, get our information from and whatever works best for you and your, uh, your family. So look forward to more. We will be back every Tuesday. Those of you who are on Clubhouse, we are moving over there one o'clock to three o'clock um, every Tuesday. Today might be a little bit shorter. We have a big fire going here in Northern Nevada. And uh, where it's actually, I can, I'll just make the announcement now. It's gonna be marketing centric. Steve's gonna run it, um, but I will be back next week to do makeover. So again, our goal for you, my point in bringing up all these assets, these platforms is you don't, again, have any excuse to say, well, Laurel doesn't talk to us on, right? We're on TikTok, we're on Instagram. So however you need to hear our content, uh, we are out there with you. Uh, but again, your questions come through askworld.com. And I see some new new people out here. So Alan, uh, good to have you. Uh, I think you're new to this uh, broadcast. A lot of you are weekly members. So we appreciate you being out and share it. Let's start doubling this room and getting more and more people 
to this broadcast. I know a lot of people know we record it, so they just wait for later uh, once we're done. But I love the live interaction and I love the live questions. So look forward to it. We will see you next Tuesday on uh, our market awareness. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, team. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Oh, 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 oh,